The scripture lesson this morning comes from Job 19, 23 through 27. Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead, they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my vindicator lives and that in the end, he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, then in my flesh, I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let me just clean up really quick <laughs> here. I have to do this, otherwise it distracts me. Well, here we are today, and um, as we were going through the call to worship him, and I, I heard, I was hearing your voices being lifted up, and I was thanking God for the choir that we have today, not up here, but um, through the many voices that, that I'm hearing, that I was hearing out there. And know this, that your voices don't just stop here, your voices were being lifted up to the heavens. To God be the glory with your voices. And um, in that, when you sing these songs, you are joining together an ancestry that goes way back. These are, these are songs not just written in the past five years that you're going to hear on you know, Top 40 radio and then they're just going to go out with a bang, right? These are theological songs. And when I say that, songs about God that provide us our understanding. And you gather together and you sing these hymns right now and it connects you through the ancestry of church history. Know that. And when scripture is being written, um, uh, read out loud in the church, you are connected with the ancestry. That go, and with this specific verse, scripture right here, this goes way back beyond Jesus. This goes into the Old Testament. Jesus is word, right? And Jesus is the word. So God is present when we're reading this scripture here today. Amen to that? So this is God's voice that you hear in these words of Job. And Job's desire in this passage might come, you know, be surprising to some of you, but these, what his desire is, is to stand before God in the afterlife and make his case to God. Because Job was suffering, wasn't he, in this passage? He didn't have it good. He was not having a good day. And when you read these words right here, oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that um, they were inscribed in a book. That doesn't cut it. Instead, he's like, I need my story. Because his friends were there with him, and they were trying to comfort him, weren't they? And then they opened their mouths, <laughs> and they didn't help. And a lot of times when we're suffering and we're with someone and we open our mouths and we try to help, we're not helping people. Sometimes our presence is all that is needed. And let me ask you this. When you are suffering and you go before God and you are mourning someone and you are remembering someone and you go to God in prayer, is it enough to just be and know his presence at that time. Because I will tell you that the presence of God 
is so mighty and felt when you're going through times of suffering because life is suffering, people. Every single day, every single one of us enters into a time of suffering. Some suffering is great, some not so great, but the thing is we all suffer. And we can bring our sufferings to Jesus Christ. We can bring our sufferings to God, can't we? But I want to ask you, is his presence enough? Because I know that when I go to God sometimes and I'm going through trials and I'm going through suffering, I close my eyes and I bow my head and I say, Father God, comfort me, and I don't hear his voice. Have you ever experienced that? Where are you, God? How long? Why are you hiding from me right now? I'm going through something. Do you believe that in those times God is with you? Do you believe in those times that God is present with you? So you have to ask, is God's presence enough? Sometimes you just want God to be there with you. And I want you to think about what happened when Job's friends opened their mouths. Their presence was enough before that. But then they opened their mouths and something changed. And it put Job into this defensive spirit, per se. And he says, oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with, with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my vindicator lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. Now, why is that so? Because Job wanted to stand before God and tell his story. This is why I'm going through this. This is my story. He wanted to make his case before God, didn't he? Listen, we're all living a story. Life is a story. You sitting right here is a story. From the moment that God placed that first breath into you, you began living a story. When you leave here today and someone asks, um, how was the worship service? You're going to start telling them a story because you have to explain it. So everything you do, every action, every word that comes out of your mouth involves telling and communicating a story in some sense. And I think we should really embrace that. You know, when we're younger, the stories tend to be full of adventure, don't they? The stories that we live, and you have these great imagination, an imagination that brings you into this world, and you try to live it. And then you get a little bit older and the story changes from fiction, right? Because, you know, it goes from imagination down to world reality. And you start living a different story. I'll tell you what, some people spend their entire lives trying to live out a grand story. And they just go after it and their entire life is, look at me, look at me, listen to my story, hear my voice. How exhausting that can be, right? But they do it. And I have news for you. Only a few people get to tell their get their stories told in the history books. A very few people in all of human history get to have their stories told in the history books of humanity. What happens for the rest of us? Are we written in those history books? 
Well, I have news for you. You know, I, I look at my life, and I have a story that I'm living, and I have a story that I tell with my actions and my words, and I'm pretty convinced that maybe my story will be told one generation after I'm gone. And then the next generation, maybe my name will be breathed by someone. And then after that, no one's going to tell my story. My story is not going to be that grand, but it is important. It is significant. I believe that because I'm living into the will of God. But I, I, I'm just convinced, and most of us here today, as daunting as it may sound, will have their, their stories, will not, your story will not be told three, four generations from now. How does that feel? <laughs> that's pretty daunting, right? Well, that's in the scripture. The writer of Ecclesiastes, it says, the people of long ago are not remembered. It says so right in the Bible. Nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. Let those words sink in for a second because they're pretty heavy. What story are you telling? Is it going to be told? Well, I have good news today. The good news is that we have Jesus Christ and God is inviting us into the greatest story of all. God is inviting each one of you into his story. Now, why is that? It's because he loves you. God remembers. God will always know your name. And his story, when he invites you into that, your name will be pronounced in eternity. Your name will not just be remembered in one day. It will be remembered for all time by God, the creator of the universe. Is that good enough for you? <laughs> it sounds good enough for me. That's more than enough. So here's my challenge to you. What story are you telling with your life? Have you married your story with the stories of the scripture? Are you written into the book of life? I pray that you are because that is the most beautiful story of all. Your story that you tell should never trump God's story. All right? It's more than you. It's bigger than you. It's about God, and God loves you. And on that day, he will call out your name. And I pray that he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Your name is called into eternity. Enter. What a beautiful story that will be. And I hope you join that story. In a few moments, we're going to be remembering names that I believe and we believe together that God knows that name, their names. They're important. They're significant. And when he calls their name, which he has already, he will usher them into eternity. Amen? Amen. Amen.